So 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse uh, 1 to 8. So in the presence of God and of Christ, who will judge the living and the dead, and in the view of his appearing and his kingdom, I give you this charge. Preach the word, be prepared in season and out season, correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. For the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. They will turn their eyes or ears away from their um, away from the truth and turn aside to these myths. But you keep in your keep um, your head in all situations. Endure hardship. Do the work of the, an evangelist. Discharge all the duties of your ministry. For I am already being poured out like a drink offering, and the time for my departure is near. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award me on that day. And not only me, but also all who have longed for his appearing. Dear Barack, congratulations on becoming our president. You have just begun a fantastic chapter in your life. Very few have had the honour of knowing the responsibility you now feel. Very few know the excitement of the moment and the challenges you will face. There will be trying moments. The critics will rage. Your friends will disappoint you. But you will have an almighty God to comfort you, a family who loves you, and a country that is pulling for you, including me. No matter what, happen- what comes, you will be inspired by the character and compassion of the people you now lead. God bless you. Sincerely. GW. Uh, that is the letter that George W. Bush left for Barack Obama uh, when he left the White House. US presidents traditionally uh, leave a letter for the next guy, and I love them. I think that they're the coolest things. Uh, just that little insight into what it means to be president, uh, the sense of camaraderie between uh, these guys that are on opposite ends of the political spectrum, uh, the sense of the honour of continuing on that role. Uh, 2 Timothy is something like that. Uh, It's a letter from Paul to his uh, successor, this apostle writing to his younger ministry partner, to Timothy. And tonight we're jumping in uh, right at the crescendo, uh, the climax of this uh, letter about what Paul wants to uh, leave with Timothy. And just like the President's uh, letters, uh, he wants to tell him something of the challenges, the joys... Uh, the privileges, the pressures that he's going to face as he follows on as uh, the successor to the Apostle. And it's going to be so helpful for us tonight to to listen in on this section of this letter because uh, we're going to hear something of what it means for us to be Paul's successor too. Uh, So before uh, uni gets started uh, next week, uh, we wanted to take this moment uh, to have a look at this passage in particular to help us think through what are we doing here? Uh, what is Uni Church on about? Uh, what, should, what should I be on about as a Christian? And so we're going to pull apart uh, to Timothy, uh, this section in chapter 4. And Tim, uh, Paul wants Timothy to know uh, these three things. He wants him to know uh, your times, know your task, and know your teacher. Your times, your task, and your teacher. 
Uh, Firstly, know your times. Uh, George Bush told Obama, there will be trying moments. The critics will rage. Your friends will disappoint you. Uh, That's what he'll be facing as he steps into the White House. Uh, Well, what does Paul think of the times that he's leaving to Timothy? Well, tough times. Uh, Look up past our section in chapter 4, look up to chapter 3, and you'll find that they're times of persecution. Have a look at verse 12. Paul has had to suffer, and Timothy will too. In fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted while evildoers and impostors will go from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. Paul's leaving Timothy to tough times. There is opposition out there, persecution coming in from the culture around them. And if that was it, maybe that would be fine. Uh, But notice it's also from within. People who should be on his side are going to be deceivers false teachers who exploit the Christian faith for money. I don't know if you ever have that uh, feeling. You see someone on TV claiming to be Christian, uh, but they, they just spout rubbish and you think, that, that's not what we believe. Hang on. Timothy uh, learns here. Paul tells him that these times will have imposters. And if Timothy, Timothy thinks to himself, oh, maybe they'll get better. Uh, Paul says, uh, yeah, they'll make some progress. They'll go from bad to worse, he says. And these are the times that Paul is dropping Timothy in. And maybe if that was it, it'd be fine. But also, people won't listen. Back in chapter 4, you see that in action. Uh, These are the times, verse 3, for the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires... They will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. They will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. How deflating for Timothy to step uh, into this time when people won't even listen to the truth. Uh, The imagery there is, uh, it kind of makes you think that people have their ears on, on swivels that they'll, they'll turn their ears away from the truth and turn them aside to fables. As I was writing this, it kind of dawned on me that your neck is actually an ear swivel. Uh, <laughs> but I like the idea of your ears having swivels that people will not listen. They're going to turn away and listen to something different. And they're itchy ears. Did you hear that? Uh, just like that itch that, you know, you've just got to scratch. It's just burning you. That's what they'll be like. They've just got to hear what they want. Something that'll tickle their fancy. And did you notice the order of it? Uh, They don't hear something and then think, oh yeah, that sounds good, I'll go with that. Uh, No, it's the other way around. Uh, They work out what teaching they want to hear based on their own desires And then they go and find someone who's saying that, driven by their own desires. And that's true, isn't it? Uh, If you'd like someone uh, to teach you that there's no such thing as hell, then there's a church for that. 
If you want a teacher who'll tell you that your uh, sex life is your business and God doesn't uh, care how you live that out, well, you can gather a bunch of teachers who will tell you that's okay. Yeah, you, can, you can Google it. It's easy. Uh, Paul says, here's your times, Timothy. Persecution, false teaching, rejection of the truth. And they're our times as well. Our times as well. But that's not all that Paul says about the time. Uh, there's the cultural time, uh, but there's also uh, the cosmic time. Paul says, know your times. The cosmic moment is this. Christ is reigning and he's returning. Christ is reigning and he's returning. Have a look there at verse 1. In the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who will judge the living and the dead, and in view of his appearing and his kingdom, seeing all of that, And have a look down at the end of this section, verse 8. You see it again. The Lord, the righteous judge, his appearing, creates these bookends to this passage, the coming judgment of Christ and his appearing in glory. These are the cosmic realities that Timothy is to grasp. Christ is the judge of the living and the dead. And his appearing will mean final judgment for the world. And so people need to hear about that. They need to hear about how to be part of his kingdom. And that coming reality needs to drive Timothy. Yes, there will be persecution, but the Lord is coming. Uh, You might know that feeling. Um, It kind of happens to us uh, when uh, you need to study for something that is uh, coming up, and you really only study... Uh, when your exams come into view, I, I always had this, that, that kind of signal to myself that I knew exams were there when I would wake up in the morning, one morning just randomly, and just have that tight, gut-wrenching feeling, and I'd think, I'm never going to make it. And uh, so here's, here's some graphs that chart that. This is how mindful you are of your study. Um, on the x-axis is time, how close you're getting to exams, and then the other y-axis is the amount of study you do. This is how much, how the gra- graph that your lecturer expects of you, uh, just pretty consistent. Um, but this is more like what we're like, isn't it? Um, that's kind of what we have in mind when we think about our, our semester. The re- real you is obviously that one. But if you had exams, like, if they were right in front of you, if you could see them, then it would drive your study. It it does when you see them close up. But if that was always the case, uh, then you you would be studying like the lecturer wants. And that is what uh, Paul is saying to Timothy. He says, have in mind the coming of the Lord, the righteous judge, He's appearing. Because his appearing will mean judgment for the world. But also, bear in mind what it means for Timothy as well. He's to do his work uh, in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus. Now, that's not 
written to scare Timothy. I think it's meant to be an assurance to him, a, a relief that the righteous judge sees his situation. The persecution, the false teaching, the rejection, all of it, the discouragements. And he needs to remember that he's playing to a cosmic audience in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus. And so he must press on with his task. That's the next section. Know your task. Uh, Firstly, know your times, the cultural times, but also the cosmic times. And secondly, know your task. In that situation, with uh, persecution and rejection on one hand, but the return and reign of Jesus in view, Timothy's task is simple. Preach the word. Preach the word. From verse 1 again. Bring it together. In the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who will judge the living and the dead... And in view of his appearing and his kingdom, I give you this charge, preach the word. That's the task Paul leaves Timothy. And that's, that's the task for the church following both of them, preach the word. Well, let's unpack that a little bit. What does that look like? Again, dial back to chapter 3 and we see something of the content there. It's the message of salvation found in the scriptures. Read with me from verse 14. Uh, Paul says to Timothy, But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of, because you know those from whom you learned it, and how from infancy you have known the holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. See, Timothy's task is to publicly announce uh, the message of salvation found in Jesus, uh, spoken of in the Holy Scriptures. That's this word, this message of salvation. And so he has to get to work teaching that. See that? Verse 2, back in chapter 4, preach the word. Be prepared in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke, encourage with great patience and careful instruction. He's to take God's Word, and teach it, to unpack it, and to preach that message of salvation from it. The task is to preach Christ by teaching the Bible. Now, Timothy had this special public uh, teaching ministry, but for each of us, even if we're just doing something simple, like reading the Bible one-to-one with someone, the same principle applies. That needs to be our task as well. And uh, many of us here uh, will have some uh, responsibility to do that, to teach the Bible across the course of this year. Uh, Some of you will be involved uh, in CU on campus, Uh, maybe it's through study camp or leading a hub group, maybe in kids and youth ministry. Uh, It could just be informally, yeah, reading the Bible with people. If that's you, uh, then listen to this task preach the Word. Teach the Bible's message of salvation. Do it carefully. Expect people to change. Uh, Teach them to, to be corrected by it, to be rebuked. And don't tire of doing that. Uh, Don't move on to something else. The task is simple, preach the Word. 
And don't just uh, teach the Bible in order to get smarter, to amass Bible facts. Uh, Preach it as the message of salvation in Christ. Have again, uh, look again at the same task down in verse 5. Paul tells Timothy to do the work of an evangelist. In this time when people don't want to hear the truth, when they swivel their ears the other way, Timothy says, keep being a messenger of the gospel. That's the job of an evangelist, someone who tells the gospel. And so that needs to be our task as well, to tell the gospel far and wide. But that's not all. Uh, Look again at how Timothy has to carry out this task. So his first task preach the word, but also how he's to persevere. Look at verse 2, preach the word, be prepared in season and out of season. Correct rebuke, encourage with great patience and careful instruction. And again, look down verse 5, he says, but you keep your head in all situations, endure hardship, do the work of an evangelist. Discharge all the duties of your ministry. The task is to preach, uh, but he's to persevere, to stick at it. Uh, When times are hard, when people are running off to other ideas, when he faces persecution, he's to endure, to keep going with it. Because of how important that task is to announce the salvation found in Jesus. And he's to do this task in season and out of season, when people respond and the chairs at Bible study are full and when the gospel is not received, when people reject it, even then, especially then, especially when the culture rejects the gospel, that's when the gospeler needs to keep on telling it to whoever will listen because that's when it's needed, that's when it's most important to preserve it. And so that's when it's most important to pass it on to whoever will listen. Now, obviously, that needs to be done with humility and with respect and with care. uh, But the task doesn't change based on the reception. If you had to describe Uni Church in one word, what would it be? Uh, Ez asked someone that question and recounted the experience to me and so she asked them the question if you could describe Union Church in one word what would it be and they said stubborn and when Ez told me that story I just felt so gutted I was like oh stubborn that's awful isn't it Uh, but actually Ez explained basically he meant this Stubborn, that we just kind of plow through the Bible uh, bit by bit and the next bit comes up and we we teach that bit and we'll be doing that all through semester in Exodus, whatever comes up, that's the next bit, we'll preach that. And I thought, all right, I'd prefer patient or, you know, strong, (laughs) but stubborn, We'll, we'll take stubborn. The question for us is, uh, will we do that when the heat comes on? You know, easy to be stubborn here, great lecture theatre, no hassles at all, get to stay on campus, 
What if we get kicked out for doing that? Will we stick at it? What if you're involved in a Christian union on campus and other students start protesting your events? Uh, Will you stick at it? Will you persevere? Know the task, preach the word, persevere. Finally, Paul wants Timothy to remember something else. And maybe it's something that you wouldn't expect. Uh, He says, know your teacher, uh, by which he means him, Paul. Uh, Paul wants Timothy to use him as an example. An example. Now, that seems strange, doesn't it? That uh, the Bible seems to be all about humility and uh, Paul never wants to boast about anything that he's done and yet here he is saying, look at me. Uh, Use me as your example. But this isn't just Paul kind of blowing his own trumpet. Uh, Have a look back at chapter 3, verse 10. We'll dive back into chapter 3 again. He says, You, however, know all about my teaching, my way of life, my purpose, faith, patience, love, endurance, persecutions, sufferings. He's not big-noting himself. He's saying, uh, this is what it takes. This is what it takes to do this task during these times. It takes my way of life, this kind of patience, this kind of endurance. And notice how his example uh, perfectly matches up with the task. He says, look at my teaching, my purpose, my faith, as the things that you need to be uh, faithful at the task of preaching the word. And he says, look at my endurance, my patience, my sufferings as an example of what it looks like to persevere at that task. Timothy is to copy his teacher, the Apostle Paul. And it's not just about his example, but also his ending. His example and his ending. Have a look back in chapter 4, verse 6. Again, he, he points back to himself and he says, For I am already being poured out like a drink offering, and the time for my departure is near. I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, I have kept the faith. See what Paul is saying? He's pointing to his own ending. He knows that he doesn't have that much longer. He says, the time for my departure is near. This is uh, the word that you use when a soldier takes down his tent and, and moves on, or when a boat get, gets cast off into the water. And uh, these are among uh, the last uh, words that we have uh, recorded by the Apostle Paul, and he knows that his time for holding the gospel is almost over. Now, that's the, the drink offering picture. A, a drink offering was something that you poured over the top of the altar, uh, in the Jewish temple, and it wasn't itself the sacrifice, but it kind of went on top of the sacrifice uh, as something pleasing to the Lord. And Paul is saying, uh, my life is like that. I'm being poured out, uh, perhaps even martyred for the sake of Jesus, of proclaiming His sacrifice. And he says, it's a a fight, it's a race in verse 7. In fact, it's like a relay. Uh, While it's your turn to to run, to hold the the baton, uh, you've got to keep it and you've got to pass it on. He says, I've kept the faith. He's done that. 
And notice that it's a race with a prize, verse 8. He says, Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. See, Paul has uh, those cosmic times clearly in view for him. And he's looking forward to that crown, that ending. He points to his own ending, uh, but he does it because the gospel can't end with him. The reason he's telling Timothy all of this is because uh, he wants Timothy to take over his task of, of holding the gospel, of preaching the word, of keeping the faith. Just like uh, the president comes to a point where he needs to, to pass on those responsibilities to the next guy. Uh, so it is uh, with the gospel. Uh, those who know the gospel, who know the salvation of Jesus, uh, at some point need to pass that on to others to keep the faith. Uh, John Stott, I do have a photo here. Uh, this is John Stott. Uh, John Stott was a famous uh, English pastor and writer uh, and in preparing this sermon I I read his commentary on 2 Timothy and his commentary has uh, has this to say about these verses. He says, Timothy's heart must have been profoundly moved by his exhortation from Paul, uh, the old warrior who had led him to Christ. Who led you to Christ? Is he growing old? The man who introduced me to Christ is now living in retirement. We cannot rest forever on the leadership of the preceding generation. Amazing words uh, from a Christian leader like John Stott. Uh, He wrote that in 1973. So that was 45 years ago. Uh, and he died in 2011. And so just like Paul, he had to entrust uh, the gospel to the next generation. And so the question for us is, how will we be part of this? Uh, will we see what's going on here in uh, Paul passing uh, the gospel on to his successor? And will we be part of that chain? Now, you might uh, be here just checking out uh, Jesus, uh, you have, maybe you haven't been to church uh, much at all. Uh, task one for you is to work out, is it true? Uh, to investigate this, uh, this news about Jesus and see, uh, am I willing to take hold of this? Uh, because the Bible says that the judge is returning and that salvation is on offer. Uh, so these are weighty things and you need to work them out. Uh, we'd love to help you to do that here at Uni Church. Uh, you might think to yourself, well, <clears throat> I'm not going to be kind of a, a, a preacher like, like Timothy. Uh, what really does this have to do with me? But I think what it's saying, uh, this crown uh, that Paul is working towards, uh, it's not just for him as an apostle. He says it's for all who have longed for his appearing. And so this task of running the race, of keeping the faith, is actually for each of us uh, to live as though we, are, we know that the King is returning, that He will appear in glory 
And so to stand firm in the gospel uh, until he returns. And to look for every opportunity to make our lives about that, to make that good news known. For some of us, uh, God will have given the heart uh, to do this same public teaching ministry that Paul is passing on to Timothy. Uh, That will be true for some of you. Some of you, God will have given the the character and the gifts to be able to do that. And so I want to ask, will you pursue that? Uh, Will you pour yourself out for Jesus' sake? Uh, that is the challenge for Uni Church this year. To know our times, to know our task, and to know our teacher, to, to see the example of the Apostle Paul. And we have to ask ourselves those questions. Uh, will we face our times the way that Timothy did? Will we endure hardship the way that the Apostle Paul did? Uh, Will we hold on to that message of salvation? Will we do everything to make it known and stick at that task of declaring the gospel? Will we run the race to the end for that crown of glory?